It's episode 12 of Trivial Merit. My name is Matthew, and I have a co-host, Caroline. How are you? Hi, I'm good. I can't believe it's episode 12 already. Right? We're, 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 we're in, we've, we've hit the tweens. We have uh, hit the tweens. <laughs> anyway, this is Trivial Merit, <laughs> where uh, myself, Matthew, and Caroline, uh, we come up with eight-song playlists from either an artist or a style of music. And with the goal of going from a negative headspace to a positive one, uh, this week, or this episode, we are doing uh, the almost undefeatable Mariah Carey. Yeah. Uh, Before we get into that, I just want to let you know that uh, Caroline and I are not therapists. We are not, we are not healthcare providers i'm a healthcare worker but that's not a provider uh so what we are doing is not medical advice we are not prescribing anything we're not saying this is how you do it we are just using a coping mechanism to have a little bit of fun talking about music Uh, Mm -hmm. so yes if you feel like you need help i'm pretty sure i can speak for caroline uh we both urge you to seek it out if you feel you need it definitely uh, because it's very valuable and you are very valid for asking for help. You deserve uh, it. Indeed. Uh, so, Mariah Carey. Now, I'm just going to ask this question because this, I found myself in a very similar, very similar waters to our Whitney Houston episode. Do you remember a time before Mariah Carey? I was thinking about this too. I think you would be more likely to because you're a little older than me but even so her first album was in 1990 yeah. right mm-hmm. and so you would have just been a wee one of nine or ten uh yes i would i would have been 10 at this point about to turn 11 and boy would i have been bragging about being about to turn to 11 i don't know why uh-huh. but i would have <laughs> Because you'd be a big boy then. You would be entering your tweens. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, but I don't remember a time before Mariah Carey. Right. And yeah. Like I, I had plenty of, t- I had plenty of time being aware of the world around me uh, to some degree, but I still don't remember. I, like I don't. I remember the first thing I heard of Mariah Carey, and I know when that would have come out but do i remember when i heard because when i was going through this list like i had never i'd realized i'd never listened to her first couple of albums oh my gosh they're they're so good right and then i realized i'm like oh wait a minute i was i i went to i remember with like in the midwest in iowa where i grew up because um our my elementary school uh used to do like roller rink parties like it'd be like hey skate west saturday for whatever reason be like two or three times a year and i remember hearing someday and definitely um uh what was the other big single off of the the it's the opening track of vision of love yes yeah i'm like i'm like i'm like i heard these at skate west I was either I was either badly roller skating or trying to play arcade games when I when 
I heard those songs. That also defines my childhood at uh, White Pine Skate Rink. (laughs) Who knew we grew up the same? But for some reason, like putting it together that those songs were Mariah Carey was like a tiny revelation in themselves. Because like, I know those songs now, but I, for some reason, did not put it together that it was Mariah Carey. It was very similar to the, um, like, uh, what you were saying about Steely Dan and Ricky Don't Lose That Number. Yeah. Last season, or last, last, last season, last episode. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You'll have to excuse me. I went to the dentist and I'm apparently just stepping on myself at every, (laughs) every chance I get. No, you're doing great. Oh, well, thank you. So, Caroline, uh, what you know about Mariah Carey? Well, I definitely remember hearing a lot of her songs. Mm-hmm. And I know that my, my parents never liked her. So if her stuff came on, whatever we were listening to together, it usually got turned off. Okay. But as I got older, I appreciated her more and more. I would say I still, my list will show this too, that I really like her first stretch of maybe her first like five albums Mm -hmm. more than the stuff that came after that. But especially as I was in school and started taking like when I joined the chorus and then was doing solo and ensemble type of stuff, like little performance stuff, right. the sheer amount of range and vocal power and control that she has just absolutely blows my mind. She's She doesn't just have one of the most beautiful voices, I think, ever. She also is so talented with how she uses it, and you can tell that she has worked really hard and built those skills that are more than just your natural born talent. You know, she works really hard. And even when you watch her perform, she's so good with knowing where to put the microphone based on what notes she's singing so that she doesn't blast out the speakers and stuff, you know, like she's just like so thoughtful about it. Yeah. Yeah, I I think the first song of hers that I really remember hearing was One Sweet Day with Boys to Men. Okay. Because that was a gigantic hit. So yes. at the time I was very into Top 40 radio. I think it was 1995. And that was like the song that topped Casey Kasem for weeks in a row. They played it all the time. And then I remember when, it was a couple years later, when she debuted the video for the song Honey, which was the long, very cinematic video where she Mm -hmm. rides on a jet ski. (laughs) And it was, for some, some reason that I didn't quite grasp then, it was like a huge deal. And now I know it's like, it was musically a very different move for her. It was like a really expensive made video and you know it's just like a very big production at the time so it was a big deal Mariah went full Madonna on that one 
Yeah. And, um, in a lot of ways. So I definitely get on a kick probably like once or twice a year where I just want to watch a lot of Mariah Carey videos. Because mm-hmm. I just really, I like her. I like her little tiny lisp that she has when she sings. It's very endearing. Oh, yes. I like I like her earlier videos better because they're just more, like, chilled out. She's just, like, roller skating in jorts. You know, like, yeah. it's more relatable to me. And for some um, reason, Old Dirty Bastard shows up in one of them, because why not? <laughs> sure, why not? So, I think, um, I think I have... I would say good associations. I like listening to some of her music a lot. And I would say I am basically neutral on most of it that's happened after, like, the year 2000. And Also, I wish her well in the world. I think she seems like a nice person. Her fans are very dedicated to her, and she's been a good, I think, a good role model, a good hero for people to have. So I like that about her, too. Yeah, like, uh, um... I know this. A lot of this should probably go towards uh, after the list, but what I found is, like, with I guess the breakup with uh, what was his name, Tony Matola, like, yeah, Tommy Matola. Oh, Tommy Matola. I see now. I don't remember. Was that super publicized at the time? Because I don't. Rem- I remember, like, right before Butterfly, they ta- or or was it Butterfly or was it? No, it would have been. Um, Rainbow, uh, where they were talking about her going through a divorce, and but I mean it was probably because I I didn't pay attention to tabloid stuff. Um, like yeah, I don't, I, I, think don't it was... I remember I remember knowing it happened, but it not being like a thing. I remember knowing about it in the same way that I knew like that Celine Dion was married to that old guy. Mm-hmm. Um. I just remember it being sort of like in the ether, but that could okay. also because I was because I was watching a lot of like daytime MTV and stuff at the time, and that was when they were still kind of reporting news and stuff like that about yeah. the industry. But yeah, I think it's fine if you didn't know that, but it is definitely like an interesting fact, right? And but I just remember I remember her just sort of bouncing back and using the using the I'll say turmoil for material yeah in a lot of ways and I don't really think that it, it ever it ever got to like I think this is probably the only reason I would ever compare her and Gwen Stefani of interesting no, of no doubt because like when she and the basis for no doubt broke up like she wrote her best material Yes. And okay. We, yes, we, I see we, what you're we, saying. We get Tragic Kingdom for that, and and uh, Mariah Carey has kind of revisited that turmoil ever since. I think even pre, during, and post Nick Cannon. Which, yeah. Which I don't really, I don't really fault because a lot of, I mean. Oh, in fact, I will say this. One thing that astounds me, and I did not know this, Mariah Carey wrote most of her stuff, or she played a she played an integral part in the writing? Yes, um, that's something I, I was thinking while you were talking that I should have mentioned that I admire that she has 
written or co-written almost everything she's ever recorded. Which is which which is astounding. Yeah. Um and I learned that after I had ingested, you know, every album, uh, including Glitter and Charm Bracelet. <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah. Because committed to the cause. Um, I actually went back to those just because I wanted to see if they were really that bad. Um, I'll just say I don't like them very much. Uh, before, yeah, that's okay. very diplomatic. <laughs> but before, before, before we get too far out of the way here... Uh, I think what, getting back to what you were saying about how like proficient she is, she has such a like I can I I would wonder if a record exec a record executive like now looks at her career and goes man she just knows how to chart she just she just knows right and, that's what I think the fact that she wrote her own songs means mm-hmm. so much because so many similar figures relied on big teams of songwriters and even a lot of shared songwriters who really made their careers just cranking out songs for exactly this kind of performer to record. Yeah. And Mariah Carey even wrote stuff for other people that also was very successful, which mm-hmm. like, cause that's what, um, I love the song Hero. No spoilers, but it is on my list. Um, She wrote it, I think, for Gloria Estefan, which is... It's funny to remember how absolutely famous Gloria Estefan was at one point, but she's sort of faded out of the public imagination a lot now. But um, for some reason, Gloria didn't want it, and Mariah Carey only recorded it sort of reluctantly, and then it became a huge hit, Mm because, of course, it's a great song. She's very canny, I think is a good term for that. She's very shrewd about the industry that she's in. Right. And um, when you, uh, just to call back one more thing before we go into lists. Um, Yeah. uh, While you were talking about how, like, she's gifted and she's put in the work, um, because I have a soccer brain, uh, it immediately made me think of, like, Lionel Messi who plays for Ooh, well, interesting. He, he plays for Paris Saint-Germain now but he played for Barcelona ever since he was like a teenager and he's he will ultimately go down as one of the best players to ever play the game um but it's funny how you know he's he's smaller than a lot of a lot of folks but he has fantastic control he's great with the ball at his feet he can shoot he can pass he can defend uh when he has to he's not he's a he's an attacker but the the, he doesn't get to where he is unless he sort of knows the game and yeah like and i think that's probably the the crossover between an athlete and a performer mariah does not get to where she i I don't i don't i don't understand how this works uh at all i just love listening to music but after going through her she's she knows what to do and it is it is impressive to see that every time out like we were talking you, you mentioned how people rely on big teams of songwriters i think she does the madonna thing where she has 
uh, producers she wants to work with. And I think Mariah yeah. just has a, she has like a stable of producers that she's like, okay, I'm all I want to do is find a way to just bring my voice along with the times. Um, right. There's really so much. I was listening to um, a single from a few years ago that she recorded with Miguel. Yes. And really, it was astonishing how it just sounded like any other, not any other, not in a generic way, but it really blended in with the other pop music that you would hear at the time. It mm-hmm. was interesting to hear her voice in just a totally contemporary setting. Right. And it doesn't feel like she's trying to say, I'm Mariah doing this stuff now. She's just like, no, I like this music. I'm going to make it. Whereas, yeah. whereas I think this is kind of the reason I, I don't want to say Madonna has like fallen off, but her albums do are, seem to be less and less good because she's trying to stay Madonna rather than yeah. just make the music of the time. I would say also that um, Madonna is somewhat limited because she does not have, I would say, a classically beautiful voice. Oh, you know, 100%. she has a good she has a good voice for pop music. She's a great performer and she's really talented, but it's more like the way that Britney Spears is a great performer rather than Mariah Carey who I think really could have been truly like an opera classical singer if she wanted. Yeah. I I would I would agree with that wholeheartedly. I'm yeah. So, okay. Uh, did I start or did you start? I you think the, started, I think which the, means... I think the person, who's, the person who starts, starts, right? Is that... Yes. <laughs> okay, good. The person who starts, starts. Well, no, because I, yes. like, I was sitting... I, I, like, I was making a whole bunch of connections in my head because I'm like, okay, I think I started... No, Caroline started the Steely Dan episode and she started, so... Oh, who's, so it's you get so, to you get so to go first starts, with your starts. list. I'm figuring what, yes. this out live. It's great. Um, <laughs> <laughs> one of these, I should I should write stuff down, huh? Um, okay, so Mariah Carey from Anxious to Relaxed. So my list is kind of funny, and the only real the only real hint I'll I'll lean to it is it starts now and goes back in time. <laughs> so Okay. Okay. So uh first up uh starting at anxious is uh off of her two thousand eight album E equals M C squared. It is called right. Migrate and it features T treated as a holiday cause he's a rap y'all know I have to migrate cause my jeans yeah they fit but I might benefit me throw something on to feature my hips accentuate my and steal the show soon as we walk through the door fellas be grabbing at us like yo trying to get us going up like a troll he's sipping Gucci on Nice. Wow, that's certainly a moment in time. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, 
so what I I had the hardest time with the front half of my list, um, mainly because there were things that, while at first glance I would think were anxious, uh, or or then it would just be like, nah, this, somehow this still feels too happy to be anxious, <laughs> and and even like yeah. the, even like the sadder songs, I'm like. Stop being happy, Mariah. Um, but uh, migrate is a very, very quirky song about knowing a situation's not right and you gotta bounce. Um, and I like that. Anxiety be like that for me a lot of the time. Just like, nope, I gotta get yeah. out of this. Don't know how I'm gonna do it, but we gotta go. Uh, yes, so, definitely. So uh, that's number one. Number two is off of her most recent album. Mm. It is Giving Me Life, uh, and it features Slick Rick. Wow. Noted MC from the 80s. Uh, Snoop Doggy Dog remade one of his songs almost entirely, uh, but Slick Rick is one of the greatest rappers ever, in my opinion. It wasn't Got fly. Here's a quest. Why you left? Was it my messed up eye? Why? Reminisce. Wanna be Huntsy Hunt? Follow she from was the first chick. Clock while the bees on. Swag, honey, drip. Spending some time. Remember them rhymes? Your gold fronts look better than mine's did. Was to hear him still doing it makes me happy. And yeah, this, that's awesome. This song is uh, very much, uh, very much like giving me life kind of. I don't know this the phrase giving me life sort of rings to me more positive than this song lets on. Interesting. Um, and I I think it's I think it's a really good vibe. It's it's kind of it's a more it's more down tempo than migrate but uh very still very shaky. Uh but number 3 is where we sort of turn we sort of, we sort of we turn and Head for a little positivity and then try and relax. Uh, it is the roof back in time off of Butterfly. One of the nice revelations about doing this is, is, and sometimes uh, when we do this, I think I know something. I did not know how good the album Butterfly is. Oh, interesting. It is way better than I would almost say it has any right to be. Um, (laughs) but, uh, But I probably could have made... A playlist of just songs from Butterfly, but I didn't want to do that because I try not to be lazy. But the roof is really cool. Um, it's definitely like it turns the corner from being, you know, anxious and probably down to 
moving moving forward. Number that sounds f- great. Number four is off of uh, probably my second favorite album of Mariah Carey's, The Emancipation of Mimi. Is Steven. album very positive very poppy very it has kind of and i know when this album came out it was there was a lot of mariah's trying to be beyonce oh uh, yeah there, there was a lot of there that. was a lot of that about this even down to like the cover photo kind of looks like it could have been a beyonce cover photo not really here for that like you know let 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 the, let these artists make the music they want to make and let that speak for themselves. Uh, yeah, there's room for everybody. Exactly. And Stay the Night is uh, probably an, it's an it's probably the most of a bridge from pre glitter Mariah to the Mariah we have today. And, yes, uh, it is. It is. It was one of the when this album came out, and I actually said, "Okay, people are talking about this Mariah Carey album. I guess I gotta listen to it." Um, it was the one that I listened to the most, and it's still probably one of my most listened to Mariah Carey songs. That's um, great. Number five. Now we're getting into to the good ni- mid nineties. You know unbreakable hit streak of Mariah Carey but I'm not gonna do quite that it I my number five is the fantasy version that features ODB Rest in peace, old dirty bastard. Uh, and I, I, I'm, I'm sure you've probably, I've probably said this to you at some point. Like I am a huge, huge, huge fan of the Wu Tang Clan. So anytime Wu Tang can get a shout, I'll probably do it. Um, yeah. Uh, and this is actually one of my, probably easily one of my top five favorite Mariah Carey songs, partially because of. The fact that ODB and Mariah Carey share a stage very well. Like, oh, interesting. Ni- neither of neither of them try and like take the spotlight, and like ODB is there to be ODB, Mariah is there to be Mariah, and somehow mixing them together synergizes in a lot of fantastic ways. Uh, I also am. 
I also am a fan of the band Tom Tom Club, where the sample for fantasy comes from. Oh, interesting. Uh, Tom Tom Club are basically, if I remember correctly, it's the rhythm section of the band Talking Heads. It is uh, Chris France and Tina Weymouth. And they just in the middle of the 80s just decided to do an album themselves like at the as the talking heads were hitting their height in terms of like fame and uh they released the song genius of love and that's where that's where this song comes from that trivia speaking of samples uh number six is off of the opening single from her post-divorce album rainbow it is also on the album but it is heartbreaker but it is the version featuring debrett and missy ellie hip-hop nerd trivia that's what i'm here for <laughs> um the, this this song and the actual single and the actual lead single of the album are, are very very different because the first one the, the the lead single features jay-z it's a bright sunny just wonderful pop song most of the reason why rainbow is my actual favorite mariah carey album um, but this version is actually a remake, kind of. Like the sample, the the music that you hear is the same loop that Snoop Dogg used for uh, his song "Ain't No Fun" off of Doggy Style. In the motherfucking house with a fat dick for your motherfucking mouth. Hold recognized, niggas do too. Cause when bitches get scandalous and pull a voodoo, what you gonna do? You really don't know. So I'd advise you not to trust that. Oh, interesting. What Snoop Dogg and the Dog Pound are rapping about on Doggy Style is taking advantage of a woman. Okay. What, uh-huh. what Mariah Carey, DeBrat, and Missy Elliott are doing is taking the song and flipping it and actually making a better song. <laughs> like, and I'm, I'm not saying that as like 
someone who really loved doggy style, but then like has sort of grown aware over the years. Like I thought this then I'm like, wow, Snoop Dogg, Mariah took your lunch. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it doesn't, it doesn't hurt that she, that she recruited two better rappers than the dog pound in Debrat and Missy Elliott. And I don't care who hates me for that. It's true. Um, <laughs> but they basically, they, because I think the, the thread of the song is it starts from both parties. Like when I met you last, when I met you last night, uh, we clearly got together, did the one night stand thing. And now, uh, the, well, in the Snoop Dogg version, they're very happy about that because, uh, I believe the chorus for that song is ain't no fun. If the homies can't have none. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and the chorus for the Mariah Carey one is the same chorus as the single Heartbreaker, You Got the Best of Me. Uh, and I should have, I mean, it ends with saying, I should have known you'd always break my heart. But the, mm-hmm. but the lyrics of DeBrat and Missy Elliott specifically are basically saying, you know what? I'm going to do my best not to be angry. I'm just going to learn. And I'm just not going to do this. I love again. that. It's, it's, a, it's a solid song. <laughs> and uh, the last two songs on my list are two, are probably one and two for my, my favorite song. Number seven is a nice little bouncy number off of Daydream from 1995, Always Be My Baby. Oh, I love that song so much. <laughs> I did not realize I still know all the words to this song. Oh, I love that for you. Like I, it comes on. I'm like, do, do, do. Uh, I'm like, <laughs> and then it's so catchy. Oh, it's just like pure sugar. Perfect. That's not an earworm. That's an ear colony that is just set up shop. In my brain. Uh, Gross. And <laughs> I work in healthcare. That's nothing. Um, <laughs> Uh, and then I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go right into my final one. My final one is my favorite Mariah Carey song. It relaxes me. It makes me happy. It, if this would have been con- if this would have been too contented, still would have ended my list with it. Off of Music Box, it's Dream Lover. this song unapologetic i would probably be the person who asks someone to play it at his funeral 
for reasons I don't know. Oh. <laughs> but, <laughs> but. Let's not worry about that for a number of decades. Yeah, let's hope so. Uh, but yeah, that's my list. And, I think your list is very good. And I just want to say before we get to yours, when you chose, well, when I put forth, you know, the three selections and you said, let's do Mariah Carey. I'll be honest, I was kind of mad at you, Caroline. Uh-oh. But having done all this and basically ingested 30 plus years of Mariah Carey's output, I was, you know what? I might, Caroline might have made me a fan now. You like her more than you thought you did. I, yeah, I do. We'll save the rest of this for after the list, but I, I, I'm, yeah. I'm going to have plenty to say, most of it good. So let's do your list, Caroline. Yes. Well, I will say quickly that I remembered you saying at least one time you said that you liked Mariah Carey's voice, but not what she did with it, which is a fascinating thing to say. And also, so when I chose her, I knew that it was like let's call a little bit off here. (laughs) Right. It was a little bit off your radar, but the same way we've done artists where one or both of us doesn't really know that much about them. You know, Mm -hmm. it's just sort of like how it works and it's just like a fun challenge Mm -hmm. to pull out things you like even if you don't necessarily like the artist. So, but we will, yeah, let's talk about that after. Okay. So my list what I decided to do was start with higher tempo songs and really smooth out the tempo so that the relaxed part was more like full-on ballads so there's a little bit of interesting overlap but i think we temperamentally differ in how we approach this one which makes it more interesting so first on my list is emotions the lead single i believe off of the album I, I, I have to interject here. I have when so I talked to Reba about when we do these lists, and when I told her that Mariah Carey, she's like, "Wow, if you need any help, let me know." And I actually, Whoa. I actually said the words. I'm like, I'm pretty sure emotions is going to be my opener. I love that. It was for a solid week. Not even kidding. But continue your yeah. thought. Yeah. Continue your thought. Well, it's just like it's a very upbeat song but it is about the turmoil of feeling emotions and I just thought that that really went well with the notion of being anxious because if you just say you've got me feeling emotions what I like is that it doesn't say that they are good or bad they're just feeling the emotions Mm -hmm. so it's it's sort of a cipher for what you are feeling and it can go either way I think it's an up-tempo song, but it's not necessarily like a pure major key sugar ballad. It's sure. not that kind of song. It's got kind of neutral music and 
So I thought it was a good leader. Second on my list is Heartbreaker, but the one with Jay-Z, so just the regular one that was the single off of Rainbow. And it's such a good song. And this, I think, um, reflecting on what you just said before we start, before we started my list, Mariah Carey has a very close relationship with like almost every rapper, you know, mm-hmm. she's appeared with almost all of them yeah. and her overlap with hip hop is such that it seems like just that would drag you along and have to be a fan of hers. For a long time, so you remember how a few episodes ago you said, Matt, you were such a boy at one time. <laughs> that, was, that was probably in the 90s, me being such a boy. Uh, and like, because I didn't, I didn't start, like, I always said the words like, oh, I love music, but I don't think I started appreciating it till I was in my 30s. Oh, interesting. Like where, like where I started, like where I started saying, okay, I don't, this is not, I, this is not like, I don't know how often I would listen to Mariah Carey pre my thirties, but I think about Mariah Carey's music way differently now than I did then. Yeah. I think that's true for me too. I mean, it's it's partly because like I learned about you know vocal ranges and singing talent and people who can people who have really good voices rather than just really loud ones. Yeah, because there's definitely a difference. But um, well, some people are, I would say, vocalists, mm-hmm. and some people are singers. And Mariah Carey is definitely a singer. Yes. And uh, yes, but okay. we're we're not we're not talking about the amazing song "Heartbreaker" right now, and we should be. Yes, it is just a really fun pop song. Yes, and I like her attitude in the song, mm-hmm. and I think the tempo combined with the fact that it is ultimately calling a bad guy to task for being a bad guy Mm -hmm. makes it a good still fit on the anxiety end of the list. 100%. Yeah. Okay. Number three on my list is Fantasy off of the album Daydream. about this song again it's like the tempo of the song is up which is good for anxiety well 
mimicking of anxiety, sure. not good for it. But the words are, again, about sort of the distance between what is really happening and what you're imagining. Mm-hmm. And kind of then a bittersweet message. She really... And thinking about, again, that she wrote or co-wrote almost all these songs is really... Just really impressive. Okay, number four on my list is Dream Lover. And what I, I just really like the instrumentation in Dream Lover. It's very like, like it's slowing down. We're getting toward the slow middle of my list where it's really starting, the tempo is starting to change. Mm -hmm. But Dream Lover, again, is about fantasizing about something and wanting someone to come and sort of take you away. And it's just such a prominent theme yeah, it's 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 one of those things. Like, I mean, we we like the we like the ideal, however unattainable it may be. Yeah. Um. And I don't really I forgot where I was going. <laughs> but well, that's okay. Like, we like the we like the idea, however unattainable it may be. But I think it's also good to live in that idea as well. Like, especially like on fantasy and dream lover, I think Mariah Carey's just use of just a pop formula. Yes. Is, yes. Is, she, de- she has the formula down and the formula in this case is a good thing. It's mm-hmm. like, it's, it's okay to be reliably good. Oh yeah. Well, <laughs> and, great. and what I, and I think what I love, and I think this might actually, I know that like she's done like way more powerful performances, uh, but I, I really like this one just because it uses all of her registers very differently. It's not, it, there's like the whistle register that she does is used as a backing track element rather than her just doing a solo of it. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, and the and I think on Heartbreaker as well as this, she rides the melody ju- just beautifully. It's like it's like a it's like you're on a it's like you're on a motorcycle and it's a clear day in the Pacific Southwest and you could just you, you you've got sun you've got a bit of a breeze you've got a beautiful landscape in front of you. And yes. it just goes. Dream lover rules. Yeah, she's <laughs> she's she's very smooth, mm-hmm. and she really adapts her voice to different styles yes. very well. Okay, number five on my list is, I believe, the first ever Mariah Carey single, which is "Vision of Love." It was all that you've given to me 
this is the song that's been stuck in my head all day. <laughs> it's I love I love it so much. It's definitely one of her songs that I didn't appreciate until I got older. Cause it is definitely quite I would say it's really R and B flavored, but of that like late eighties, early nineties version of R and B that's a little bit different than what she became later on. It's like it's like so, post Prince pre Boys to Men. Yeah, yeah. It's about I would say her career and Boys to Men's career started at about the same time. Mm-hmm. This would be about the Motown Philly yeah. era for them, I think. I forget when that album came out, so but but yeah, that's yeah. It's like I think New Jack Swing was probably the way that they described it a lot of the time. Yeah. But yeah, they were New Jack Swing at the time and she was on the other end which was still sort of almost more like um the adult contemporary side mm-hmm. of R&B, like very like big swooping sounds and lush instrumentation and stuff. Yeah. All right. Number 6 on my list is Hero. Which I think, if I if I had to choose, I would say that's probably my favorite Mariah Carey song. choice it's a beautiful song it's very moving she has called it in a in as many words she said that it's corny she doesn't like it because it's corny Mm -hmm. but i think over time she pardon me over time she has mellowed on it which i'm happy about that because i think it's a beautiful song and um Just thinking about it makes me want to watch the music video for it where she just performs it live and she does an almost flawless job. It's incredible. She's amazing. Yeah, she really is. All right. Number seven on my list. It's interesting that you close your list with your two favorites. I would say six and seven on my list are my favorites by Mm -hmm. her. Number seven is from Mariah Carey Unplugged. It is her cover of I'll Be There by the Jackson 5. Yeah, it was, with um, it was really hard not to like. I was I I was searching for ways to put that in here. That's why I think like on your list because your list is pretty upbeat throughout, and so it doesn't really necessarily fit with the rest of those songs. Right. I see how that would be a challenge, but mine I was like, 
this back half is just going to be ballads, and we're going to slow it way down, and that'll be in the sense of being relaxed, <coughs> being a slower tempo, being like a lusher instrumental with more like piano and stuff like that to just make it sort of like a nice pillow to relax on. And I think... First of all, I'm a sucker for anything that has like a gospel backup group, which her entire unplugged performance does have. Yeah, and it's wonderful. That was that was that was the album or the release. I think it's actually an EP that let me know that unplugged was a thing because like I had never heard of it prior oh, to that. Interesting. Right, it was very early in her career and very early in the lifetime of MTV Unplugged. Yeah. Uh, I think it pro- this is probably one of those that like put it on the map. Um, but I remember that year, my cousin, Roberta, and I, uh, we were, we, we thought we were slick, but we were trying to orchestrate Christmas gift giving. And I don't remember, <laughs> I don't, but basically we just made sure each of us got a CD. And she said, just make sure I get Mariah Carey unplugged. I said, okay. I love that. I said, okay. She got unplugged. I don't remember what I got. I think it might have been. I don't remember when. This might have been when I got U2's Octone Baby. Oh, nice. Maybe, I, maybe but but yeah. Um, so, actually, I'm going to save that for after the list because I've got some things to say about her covering material that are that's pretty, that's pretty okay. interesting. Okay. <laughs> Well, then we will wrap up my list. My number eight is, as I mentioned before, it is One Sweet Day, her duet with Boys to Men. It is just a beautiful, huge ballad with really lush instrumentation, and it is a a sad song in the sense that it's about someone who has passed Mm -hmm. away, but it's also a hopeful song because it's looking forward to the future where they imagine that they will be reunited. You know, so it's sort of like... Accepting what has happened and also looking forward, which I think is sort of a good mindset for when you're feeling or aspiring to feel relaxed. Yes, I would agree with that completely. Yeah, That's, that that song, and I'm not trying to disparage boys to men when I say this, but that song feels like the only duet Mariah Carey has done to this point where she actually says, "No, this is my song." <laughs> And, yeah, and and I—that's one of the things that, like, despite it being inescapable when it came out, um, that was the one thing that I always just like. Wow, is this a Mariah Carey song or a Boys to Men song? And then I'm then I I think there's what is it like the second verse where she comes in and just belts and 
Yeah, she blows the and roof she, off. Nope, the place. it's a Mariah Carey song. I will never look for this on a Boys to Men album. Like this, this is. Well, it's it's really it's kind of like, um, you know, Boys to Men. All of them are used to different ones taking lead at different times. Sure. And in this case, it's kind of like Mariah just takes her place as another one who can be the lead singer at it, you know, so then they are happy to step back and really showcase her. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm, I, I know there's way more professionalism that goes into this than me just talking. I'm not trying. Then, like, Boys to Men are one of the are one of the most I think they're actually more underrated than this was also, I think, at the very tail end of their major popularity. Yeah, is, it was kind of their last huge thing. Right, yeah. I believe this was after their album 2 came out. And then they, to my knowledge, like I don't remember them hitting the pop charts anytime after that. Yeah. But, but yeah, no, I, yeah, I'm not, and like I said, I'm not trying to disparage Boys to Men because I do think that they did a ton of great work vocally. But oh yeah, of course. But I remember, I think I remember people talking, like people that I would talk to about music at the time, and you know, I was fifteen, so what did I know? Uh, hopefully, just way less than I do now, but who knows? Um, <laughs> but they would be like, "Oh yeah, Mariah Carey guesting on a boy's I'm like, "I don't think she's guesting. I think she's running this show." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's her I show, the, and they're happy. I think to they're appear. happy to be on stage at this point, y'all. <laughs> and and yeah, like one sweet days. That was when I was doing this. I thought Daydream was going to be the hardest album to get through. It was not. Oh yeah, it's really it's, good. Yeah, her '90s run is ridiculous. <laughs> like, she, yes, it's so solid. Uh, your list rips. Caroline, I, I think I think you're. I think your list rips. And I I wouldn't one. I like how you pointed out like the tempo difference. I think it's just because we approach the feeling differently. And another yeah, another happy little side effect of doing this show. I'm just like wow. It's always interesting how you interpret the challenge and how I interpret the challenge and how they compare. And then when we come to an artist that one of us, I, I, or especially like probably this and like the eagles and um like i think the dolly parton episode uh uh fits here too like one of us knows the artist better than the other and then yeah so we use that like that sort of plays into it but then like when we go to dolly parton where we both knew who dolly parton was we probably knew like four or five songs maybe uh, we did not know her catalog, and we did not realize the undertaking <laughs> that it was. Yeah, that she's released like forty studio like, albums, basically My an goodness. album of, an album a year since the sixties. Like, come on. Yes. <laughs> um, but, but and then and then you know, subjectivity is a fun thing. I love it. We usually talk after we do the list about what we learned or discovered while we were making them. And it sounded like you might have discovered that you're a little bit of a Mariah Carey fan after all. Yeah. um, I found myself more and more impressed with not only like, I mean, I've, I've always known her voice is amazing. I've not always liked what she has said with it. 
Um, like mm-hmm. I, mean, I didn't, I didn't come out of this like liking a whole bunch more Mariah Carey songs um, than I would normally listen to. I just found myself appreciating her as an artist. Uh, the other thing I realized when she covers a song, with the except, and this is, I think I'll be there is probably the sole exception, just because I can't think of any others where this happens. <clears throat> But she covers, on, on one album, I don't remember which, she covers Open Arms by Journey. Oh, interesting. And, you know, and so Steve Perry, when he's singing that song, he is belting out like his life depends on it. Yeah, he has a beautiful voice and that song is especially a showpiece sure. for it. Mariah Carey sounds like she's using it to warm up. <laughs> like and and I'm not saying that as a slight to Steve Perry. I'm saying that as more of a this is how strong this woman's voice is. Right, she has so much more range than anyone else that it's really like she's literally staying in just the shallow end of the pool and like doing synchronized yeah, she's, swimming. Like <laughs> like this, this is her, you know, stretching her calves out before track or you know, like <laughs> And it's in the middle of an album and you're just like, and she, I'm like, wait a minute, she's doing open arms by Journey and she, she's almost doing it as like an exercise. <laughs> like, I'm going to need to seek that out and listen to it because that is a fascinating choice. And then another cover she does and I, and it, she covers uh, Against the Odds by Phil Collins or was that Genesis? I don't remember. I'm not sure. I believe you. Uh, it's either Phil Collins or Genesis, but Phil Collins, good voice. Uh, I, I don't, I don't think it's one of the best male voices in the history of rock and roll. But again, it's unique. Yeah, again, Mariah Carey's like, oh, I got to do this song. It sounds like she nailed it in like two or three takes at most. She's like, I eat sons like yeah, this for I'm breakfast. Like, and I'm like, you know, and I just thought to myself, look at Mariah Carey just stomping all over these male vocalists. Like, <laughs> good on you. <laughs> uh, That's actually, I I think um, one of the things I like now, especially about Vision of Love, is that it is pitched quite low. Right. And... She still absolutely nails it. She has so much power, even in those lower notes that are usually trickier to make, to kind of fill with that same power, because just harmonically, it's much harder to get that much air out and stuff. Yeah. And see, and you'll know more about that than I do. I just think, wow, she gets that low and then goes that high? Well, that's what I was just thinking about, because it means... She can really cover anybody's stuff regardless of their gender. Yeah. You know? Because she just has Nobody's safe. a huge range that truly goes deep. Yeah. I mean, I think... Uh, w- Nobody's safe. <laughs> <laughs> at, at one point, I think she had, what, five octaves? Like she had a five-octave yeah. voice? And Yeah, and I will say, I think I have like a two and a half octave range. Right. And that's already pretty big. Like, that's a normal big. Yeah, that's, yeah, that is, uh, that, I think, I think most people like speak in two octaves, right? 
I'm not sure. That's an interesting idea. If I don't, true. I mean, yeah, yeah, I'm just, I, this is something I read like probably 10 years ago when I was just looking at science journals because I had access to them. Um, Ooh, looking at science fun. journals is actually really interesting. Um, it is my job. So I agree yes. with you. Uh, but like at least the the people speaking to I I could be I could be misremembering I could be conflating that with something else so if you check my work and correct me let me know I will admit defeat um but Mariah Carey's like just and I I know that like with time cuz I think she's what approaching 50 now she is I believe 51 wow. and so you know that you definitely start to lose She's, she, I wouldn't, I don't know if she still has five octaves, but depending on the rate of, the rate of like ter- deterioration on a vocal cord for someone who's sung for the past 30 years at a very high level. Right. Oh, I stand corrected. She is 52. Okay. And I think what happens with a lot of singers. You're right that they lose range over time. That's just, like, naturally what happens. Um, What they'll do is they will... Because they can just change the arrangements that they sing to and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like, if you you pulled out the original recording of Hero, maybe, or her performance of I'll Be There, and you made her sing to the same backing track today, she might struggle... Mm -hmm. But if you went to see her in concert, you wouldn't notice that they moved it down. Let's say it's in the key of G and they're like, now it's in the key of F. You know, you wouldn't be like, this performance is inferior because it's slightly lower. <laughs> you would really not even notice. I mean, maybe if, I took, maybe if that... I took a big swig of insufferability juice, I would do that. <laughs> well, that's something that even like um, a singer at her absolute prime like Adele when she recorded uh, 23 mm-hmm. there are songs on that album that when she performs them live she changes the tune that uh, the pitch that they're in because she just can't comfortably hit those same notes in the live setting right you know yeah so I think that's very very common and uh, but like I would I would be really curious to see an analysis of what has happened to Mariah's range over time since she has been now performing in the public eye for over 30 right. years. And I, I, I would I would be interested to see how, like, not necessarily, like, how much she's lost, but how little she's lost compared to everybody else. Because, like, if she, if she has yeah. five octaves to play with at one point in time, like... Yeah. Even if she lost 20%, she still has yeah, four. Like, is <laughs> like, she still working? I mean, pretend, pretend for a moment you have the same range as like most professional singers, Caroline. She's if she if she loses twenty okay. percent of her vocal ability, all of a sudden she's still double what most professional singers have. Yeah, exactly. She has an embarrassment like, of riches, hmm. as they and say. The fact that she the fact that she's been able to maintain like just a a degree of consistent output for that long. Right. Well, and I think because her mother was an opera singer. I did not know that. 
it is it is true. I didn't know it before this either. But what I think then is that she probably grew up taking really good care of her voice and learning how to take really good care of her voice. And that, yeah. And part of that is making sure that you you know because it's your it's your instrument and if you take good care of it you have more success over time right than people who i guess do things like smoke cigarettes or you know blast out their voice and then don't Mm -hmm. rest um or scream or whatever you know there's a lot of ways that you can harm your vocal cords harry nelson did that he blew out his vo- his voice. Yeah, and that was one of the his voices. The lead singer of Saves the Day ruined his voice because he just basically screamed. Yeah. I feel like Bono has been in a similar conversation as well. Like Interesting. For, I, think, I think it was after the Elevation tour. Like there were there was. Oh yeah, because those were all like big stadium anthem right. type songs where he was doing a lot more kind of loud yelling instead of necessarily singing. Right, and I think that at some point Bono's going to have to say no more. But you know, that's just yeah, that's, interesting. That's, that's, that's just about. us growing old. Michael Jordan had to retire, <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah, I, I came out of this with a lot more appreciation for Mariah Carey than I expected to. I, cause, I think that's cause I, great. Honestly, when I got through, I got through, like, I got through her first album and I got through Emotions and I'm like, I don't know if I could do this. Uh, but then I just, I, I kept going and I started to realize mm-hmm. that you're just, you, you watch a person mature and grow in their craft but then you realize that, or at least at least the way I realized it by the time I got to Rainbow, I'm like, no, she's in Rainbow. She's playing her own game. Every- yes, that's what really after she divorced Tommy Matola, you can tell that she finally was able to be like, this is the style that I would like to do. I would like it to be a lot more hip hop. I would like it to, you know, have an almost completely different <laughs> vibe. And, Which is interesting. And not only was she playing, I mean, I'll say, I'll say, a man's game, just because it probably the recording industry is probably still predominantly dominated by men at the executive level. Um, oh yeah, it definitely was then. But she was definitely playing a man's game, and basically winning any chance she got. And I yes. could not, I could not walk away from that with anything less than most respect. Uh, well, I think um, when you look at someone's catalog and it is absolutely stuffed with collaborations, <laughs> that makes me think that that person has to be fundamentally decent to work with. You know, that that's what Mariah Carey seems like a nice person. She seems very kind to her fans. And she seems to have stayed pretty grounded for what a absolutely meteoric career she's 100%. had. I feel like Missy Elliott doesn't show up unless you're nice. Yeah. I, if you, like, you know, <laughs> like, I mean, I could probably, 
I could probably say because Debr- Debrett never really got famous. I thought I always thought she was a good. I always thought she had the potential to be a really good rapper. She just never. I don't think she ever got the shot. So like her showing up on that yeah. Heartbreaker remix is kind of like okay. Someone's given me a chance, you know. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna take it. Uh, but Missy Elliott was not new at this time. I think she she was. I mean, her first album, Super Dupa Fly, had already been like a, a smash, and. I think this was well i feel like she was she was like a producer before that maybe or something like when she first came out she had already been doing something that made yeah her... like i think she i think she i think i think she started rapping because i, I think she started rapping because tim land said why don't you just rap yeah and, i love I mean, that if, for if her. i'm in fact i just want that to be my missy elliott canon now like just someone dared her to do it and she just did it and was great <laughs> so yes so that yeah, seems right that seems that seems missy but uh think we can wrap up the book on mariah what do you say i think we can and i'm happy that we did this me too and i had a lot of fun now what do we do next this is a this is a good question. So what if we What if we go for like a really iconic classic rock band next? I'm listening. What if we finally dive in and do The Rolling Stones? Okay. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw something at you. Yeah, please counter offer. No, 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 no. I'm not. It's not so much a counter offer, because I was thinking, why don't we tackle one era of the Rolling Stones? Oh, interesting idea. I just don't know how you want to break it up, because we could do. Brian Jones Rolling Stones and we could separate it to Brian Jones and then after he passed or we could do it by decade or do you want to just right we could just say I think just the just the 1960s Rolling Stones are one distinct band kind of capped off by um, Hot Rocks yeah and then the 70s Rolling Stones are obviously a very different band. And then after that, their stuff kind of just all is in the category of new stuff in my mind. Like Start Me Up was in 1981, mm-hmm. and that was their last really huge single. Yeah. And so I would say those are roughly the three eras. Okay. I think... I think the 70s Stones contains most of what people think of as classic Rolling Stones. Okay. But I think the 60s Stones maybe have more range because it includes their beginnings where they were sort of just like the Who or the Beatles. They did a lot of covers of uh, rock and roll songs from the 1950s mm-hmm. and stuff like that that I think just kind of adds a little bit more of an interesting flavor to their catalog. How about since I picked? I got. The, how about the how band? About this? Since I'll let you. I'll let you choose between the sixties and seventies. I'll go either you way. Brought up Hot Rocks. Why don't we just do uh-huh. 
the Hot Rocks years, 64 to 71. Perfect. I think that sounds great. Because, I mean, they put out sometimes three albums a year in that time. Yes. So it's, it's not it's not like it's not like now where if you do seven years of time it's you're, you're you might be lucky to get two albums um yes they were definitely working musicians yes because musicians were dealt with a lot differently than they are now um okay so to, that'll be so much fun be, i love that'll that be a lot of fun. and and the, and the reason i wanted to do that is because I was actually listening to Come On earlier today. Nice. And I was like, you know, I think it would be good to do a 60s Rolling Stones list. I love their 60s oh, stuff. Rolling Stones are such a good band. They, they really are. Yes. Um, We're going to have a lot of fun with this. We are. Okay, so first up, Negative Headspace, dice roll number one. It's a two. That is depressed. Okay. I just got three or four songs already. (laughs) (laughs) And the positive headspace is a three. Uh, So that'll be relaxed. Cool. Interesting. Depressed to relaxed. It's interesting. Already have, you know what, you know what, dice roll, you got me feeling emotions. (laughs) (laughs) Caroline, where can the people find you? Well, the best place to find me is probably just through Trivial Merit. So at Trivial Merit on Twitter. Um, My Twitter, my everywhere is Adatoriate. If you've seen me around, you recognize my handle. And you can also find me where I work at my day job, which is at Popular Mechanics. So I'm bopping around everywhere. And uh, Matthew, where can people find you? So you can find me at infinite underscore rewind everywhere I want to be. That's predominantly Twitter, uh, Instagram as well. Um, I host uh, a couple of other podcasts. One uh, with our mutual friend Jesse. It's called Free. Jesse. It's called Free Reeling It, where he and I pick a movie, we watch a movie, and then we talk about the movie. Uh, and then my other podcast is called story route zero and that is where three friends and i just get together and talk about games we're playing pretty casual but pretty fun too uh i do like i just like games i do like i do like watching them cringe when i do a pun (laughs) it's very that gives us power when that happens it, it is very fun but as for as for here you can find the show everywhere uh all podcatchers but you can find us on twitter at trivial merit if you wanted to email us a playlist or uh tell us we're wrong or tell us why we're wrong uh caroline on the last episode put out hey are steely dan actually prog rock if not let me know the nerdier the better you can email us at trivial.merit at gmail.com yes great that's all the business And we will see you in two weeks. Same time. Same station. All right, we did it. We did.
la 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 la